Howdy-do, guys. Welcome to another episode of More Than a Podcast. Very uh, special anniversary episode. Um, If you didn't know, uh, this is actually the day that I launched More Than a Podcast. It was actually June 22nd, 2019, on my birthday, and it's been quite the journey. So, um let's just hop right into the episode uh first and foremost uh i want to start everything off by saying thank you um you know it's been a long year and there's been a lot of space in between um you know the initial launch and you know this long time of absence and then you know kind of the relaunch but i've taken everything in stride you know and here we are continuing to do what I always like to say is giving you guys more of the greatness. And I don't want to let up from this point, And I just want to keep pushing forward um, with everybody who, you know, lends me an ear uh, from time to time or since day one. I really do appreciate every listener that I get, um, all the new listeners, all the listeners who've been here from the beginning or, you know, checked in and checked out and checked back in again. Just Thank you. I really do appreciate it. Now we got all the mushy stuff out the way. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So one of the undeniable things uh, today is that it's my birthday. And it's really funny because like I am somebody that um, to know me is to understand that I don't celebrate my birthday. Um, You know, you won't catch. So basically, uh, if you're thinking like, man, I wonder what he's probably going to get into tonight because it's probably going to be wild night. No, really, it's not. Um, I'm probably going to be in bed by the time I should be out partying supposedly or whatever. So yeah, I don't, I don't do the norm. Uh, and it's always been that way. Um, I've, I've just been one to prefer not to, you know, uh, make, make my days special, but it's really odd because in giving, you know, in, in giving you guys this podcast, it ultimately makes uh, makes this day special nonetheless, because, you know, there's one thing that I do absolutely appreciate outside of my existence. And it's it's the existence of this podcast and all of you great, great people who come by and listen. So, again, thank you. But, yeah, um, you know, man, it's crazy. Like 40. Yeah. Like that's how old I turned today was the big four. Oh, but, you know, like I don't really feel 40 and that's not saying like i'm i'm not gonna <laughs> well well here's the thing i don't i don't really think that there's there's a such thing as acting your age um <clears throat> but in that same stretch you know like i have i have gone through a lot of my different steps in age and i felt you know vastly different than how i feel today you know like as a teenager i couldn't wait to be 18 so that I could have the, you know, the liberty, uh, to do certain things. And, you know, I couldn't wait until I was 21 so that I could stop being, you know, or, or be carded and everything would be okay and, and go places that I'd never been before. And, you know, it was really funny because after 21, that's when everything kind of changed for the worse, I guess, because like, uh, like I got to, I got to about 25 and I was like, Oh man, five more years, I'm going to be 30. What happens at 30? Nobody ever talks about 30. 
And I, I, I really took 30 with, with the hugest grain of salt. And I was very upset about 30 coming along. And I mean, I just, I had friends who were in their thirties at the time and they were just like, dude, it's not a big deal. You know, it's basically like 21 or 20 or whatever. And I, I was just, I was super fearful and you know, my thirties came and, um, what's funny about my thirties is like, I don't even really remember them. I don't really like the thirties, uh, you know, as far as, uh, how, how I've lived them really weren't a pivotal age. There was really nothing that stood out to me, you know, in, in, in the respect of, of that decade. But in the coming of 40, you know, it's, it was, it was really weird because I was just like, dude, 40 is close to 50, 10 years. I'll be 50. That's half of a century. That is wild. That is stupid wild. And what's even crazier is like, I don't feel like I really truly don't feel as old as I am. Like I don't feel anywhere near 40. I feel like I'm I'm in really good condition. I take I try to take care of myself on some level. <clears throat> um but I don't know. Like I think I think it also goes with the, with the the uh the reality that you know, people these days were living younger, faster, stronger than, you know, our parents did. And, you know, um, if anything, I, I guess I'm just a product of, of good genes and, and amazing DNA. So I, I, I don't know, like, I feel good. I don't feel like, you know, I'm gonna, um, you know, fall over and break anytime soon. So, you know, it is what it is. And 40s here and, and I'm just kind of rolling with it. So, there you go. Um, but man, let's talk about some, uh, first off, let's, uh, you know, I, I really, I, I, I don't like to address, you know, um, social commentaries and political discussions and stuff, but sometimes, you know, there, there are certain things that I feel like it would just be worth it for me to give my two cents. And, one of the things that's been going on lately, lately, excuse me, is the uh, uh, speaking out movement. And, you know, there's been an influx of individuals who have been uh, speaking out about things that, you know, they have been experiencing, uh, you know, in their lives, um, sort of like, you know, the Me Too movement. But, you know, <clears throat> just... I, I don't I don't want to say less less fierce because it's all because overall it's all important. You know, it's really important that we pay attention and understand, you know, what people are trying to vocalize and uh, and have us understand at the time that we need to. And um, you know, one of the big things that has been happening is that the speaking out movement has been hitting an industry that I love um, you know, really hard, which is uh wrestling. And um you know, the one thing that I'll, that I'll say is that, you know, nobody can ever escape their flaws. You, you, you can't like if, if you've, if you've taken a path somewhere down the road in your journey in life, you know, there's no escape from it. I mean, you may try to bury it in as deep snow in deep of snow as you can, but trust me and believe me that people will come with their shovels to dig up anything and everything that is worth digging up in order to show you that you will not be forgotten. 
And again, I'm not talking in defense of anybody because I just think I, I honestly I just think the whole thing's a shame. You know, I, I really think that at the end of the day, none of us live without sin. Um, I think it just goes into the degrees of sin that we talk about. And I know that there's there is a there's a, a severity to a lot of the situations and circumstances that people are speaking out about. And I applaud them for speaking out about it. And I would say to the people that are getting caught up, uh, you know, in the the accusations and, and whatnot, it's, it's like, listen, if, if you know, if you know that this is a part of what you may have tried to bury, you need to own it. That's just the end of it. You need to own it. And, you know, nobody again, nobody can go through their entire life and not, you know, and not take responsibility for their actions because whether you take responsibility for them here or in the in the next life you're going it's going to follow you and that's the lesson that i i'm seeing i'm looking at all of these people who are getting caught up people that i you know look up and say oh they're they're awesome they're amazing but it's like all of that is cut so short and so thin once you realize the humanity that those people have projected because again in humanity, we are all flawed, and some of us just have deeper flaws than others, and these people are going to pay the price for those flaws. So, you know, it sucks. It really does. Um, I'm not going to say anybody's specific names. I just think all around, it just really sucks because, you know, again, you can you can look at people and you can want them to be the best person that you perceive them to be, but if there's something that's behind them that that's you know tapping on their shoulders for attention, then they ha again they have to own up to it, and and if it takes them away from us, then we have to live with that. So, yeah, you know it's it it is what it is, and I I just I just hope that you know I hope that all the all of the individuals who are able to speak out who have the strength to speak out i hope that this does give them um some uh some ability to move forward and to become better for themselves because yes the people who who have you know um violated them they will definitely need to live the rest of their life attempting to be better people but hopefully those who again are speaking out are able to live to be better people for themselves as well so there's that um but, you know, uh, outside of that, you know, terrible segue because I don't really you know, it's really no easy way to segue out of out of a situation like that because it's so serious. But, um, you know, I've been trying to keep my mind off of things and, you know, what better way to do it than my favorite pastime, which is video games. And um, I have, you know, let me you know, I'm going to ask a question. Have you ever had a game that you played and whether you beat it or you didn't? Once you found out that there was there was something there that you either you weren't aware of or you went back a second time and you became aware, it just opened up a whole new experience for you because that's exactly what I'm going through right now. Like I'm literally playing um, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night and that game had that game has come out a while ago and people have played it i'm pretty sure there are tons of people that have beaten it and i've never beat it i was very high on this game you know uh when it was announced as as a kickstarter 
and it finally had, you know, had come out and I was just super hyped about the game, but I never beat it. And, you know, that's, that's to my discredit because, you know, I buy a hundred games every year and it's just really weird. And, um, you know, it just kind of got lost in the shuffle, but I recently found myself playing it again and I don't know what I know. Actually, I do know because my, my, my initial, my initial want when it came to Bloodstained Ritual of the Night was that I wanted, I wanted the, I wanted the portability of the Switch. And I was just super ecstatic about it because I had, I had a Switch at the time that it was announced. And by the time that it released, um, I had actually sold it. So I went ahead and bought it for the PS4. And after a while, I said, no, you know, like, yeah, it's cool on the PS4, but I really wanted this for the portability because this is just one of the, like this, it was always one of those things where I had always wished that they had made just a straight up uh, Castlevania Symphony in the Night for the Vita or whatever. Like I used to have to play Castlevania Chronicles um, in order to play Symphony of the Night you know, portably, I couldn't play it any other way because they didn't have like a proper, uh, you know, title release. And so that's what I was trying to live, live up to. I was trying to live through that expectation. It was like, I just want to play, you know, a game that was just made for this experience. And I went ahead and I purchased it on the switch and, you know, like I'll tell you the switch version is, nowhere near as good uh as the ps4 version at all like it's it doesn't even come close and i don't think that that really plays the 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 biggest factor when you consider playing blood uh bloodborne bloodstain on the switch because really and honestly it, it it truly is about the portability. It really has nothing to do with the looks of it. And I think that has to I think that's a volume that has to be spoken about a lot of their triple A titles that come on the, onto the uh the, the Nintendo Switch and aren't as, you know, don't don't hold up to the same, you know, graphical fidelity that, you know, is on the PS4 and the Xbox. It's because you know what? You're 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 basically selling that short so that you can have this on the go. And that's just the reality of the situation. So you really have to think about that compromise when you go with titles that are like that. Um, now, how that became a factor of Bloodstain, I don't know, because Bloodstain isn't like the, you know, the most graphically intensive game out there. But it is a lot to the game. And I and I I absolutely agree that putting the game next to you know, uh, Symphony of the Night today, you know, uh, this would beat Symphony of the Night graphically, hands down. Um, you know, character-wise and story and s- sound and all that stuff, that's a whole different bag. But, you know, it, it's it's one of those things, again, that I was just like, you know what, I am I want to experience this in a way that makes me comfortable. So when I grabbed it, I had to do everything that I had already done in the playstation version because by because uh when i had the ps4 version i had already gone through a majority of the game actually by default i got the bad ending because i just wasn't paying attention to everything that there was to be done and that's what changed that's what changed 
I turned around and got the switch version and all of a sudden I was paying more attention to the things that I hadn't done before and that I probably should try to do. And it just opened up a whole new game. Now I'm going to count to three because I'm going to say some things that are possibly going to be spoilers for people <clears throat> who haven't played the game and want to experience this as a new experience. So three, two, one. Now the, the things that, that were in Bloodstained that really opened up the game as a new experience for me was when I started to get powers that I hadn't had the first time I played through. Um, one of the powers that just completely blew the lid off of everything that I expected about the game was the invert ability. Now, the reason that it was so special and so important was because invert if you remember from symphony of the night this was only an ability that came in game it came in game it was basically at the point where you know you came up to the boss fight you 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 know you had certain thing you know certain criteria that you met and ultimately you got to the ability where the story was further progressed it didn't just they didn't uh, close curtain at that time and you had the ability to invert the castle. Now, what I love about Bloodstain is that they took it from an end experience as to say, okay, you've played through this game for hours on end, and now you're going to be able to play for another few hours on end, but everything's going to be upside down. No, Bloodstain says, we're going to give you the ability to go in the same directions that you've been going, but in times where you feel like there's somewhere you can't go, we're going to just give you the straight up ability to go there. And that was just cool. I would, I literally lost my, I, I lost my head. I was like, I, whoa, you know, like I was expecting like maybe like some kind of like, I know in, in Symphony of the Night, they're the, I think they're the moon shoes or something rather. And it was your ability to kind of skyrocket to the ceiling and then you could double jump from there and dash and it was just all these little weird ways where you can get to hidden areas but you know they said screw that in this game and you just invert stuff you just turn it upside down and go on the other side don't want to deal with these enemies turn them upside down <laughs> like it's it's it, it 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 was so cool and i and all i thought about was all of the different levels all of the different stages that that there are where i said I was having an issue over there and now I see a possibility to get beyond that issue. It was just that simple. And even then, I mean, you know, one of the other things that I that I don't do a lot of uh, within any game that has crafting or, or anything of that sort, like I'm not a big grinder. I'm really not a big, you know, I'm not big on like I, I'm big. Like if you tell me that there's an ultimate weapon, then I'll I'll do what I have to do to go and get it. Um, but, uh, you know, in, in a lot of ways, it's kind of like if you say like, oh, you know, you just just come in and out of this door and, and just beat this monster until it gives you, you know, the appropriate number of whatever. It's like, nah, yeah, no, I'm not. But guess what? I'm actually doing it with Bloodstain because it's actually pretty fun and it's actually pretty cool because not only not only am I opening up different stages, dude, there are like different weapons that I've never 
like I've never seen them and I'm like where did they come from what is all this different recipes for food and it's just so weird it's it's such a weird it's it's a pleasingly weird game and 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 now I've gone from the level of you know because there was always the question does this live up to symphony of the night and before i was very very adamant in my answer which was no it can never be symphony of the night and and listen it can't be symphony of the night but it definitely holds its weight as one that is comparably better than symphony of the night they are doing everything better than symphony of the night and i would argue that man like i like again you whether it's whether it's alucard versus Miriam or you know whatever whatever other caveats you want to think about when comparing the two games I truly think that Bloodstain Ritual of the Night has a lot more going for it today than Symphony of the Night and that's just it you know unless they make a new Symphony of the Night unless Konami uh, you know commissions a new game and, and gets a new one going and, and actually makes it better than Symphony of the Night was you know I mean your your true metroidvania game is in uh bloodstained ritual of the night but you know thinking of that game i want to talk about another game that came out before ritual of the night and this was kind of like a it was kind of like a teaser game but altogether it was its own experience and i'm gonna tell you this is another cool little nod uh, to an era that I really appreciate, which was NES, because that's where I kind of started my gaming. And the game I'm talking about is Bloodstained Curse of the Moon. Now, Bloodstained Curse of the Moon is, um, is again, it's a title that they released before Ritual of the Night came out. It was basically just to whet people's appetite until they got done with the actual game. But my goodness, what they put out as a product was well beyond anybody's expectations it wasn't just a teaser it wasn't just a demo this was a full-blown game that if the nintendo cartridges were still a relevant medium to be used today i would have bought the cartridge and played it on the nes i would have totally done it it is so good they have all of the characters that that you uh that you are familiar with from the main game i mean you actually get introduced to them through curse of the moon and then you know who they are by ritual of the night um but everything is done so well there like from from the way that they do the nostalgic graphics to the sound the sound is probably my favorite part like if you haven't played curse of the moon and you really enjoy nostalgic type games give this game a try because it's super good it's not very long but it's a really really good game it's super awesome and i think that anybody who enjoys um, a good classic title should try that game but outside of that i think bloodstained as a as a marketable franchise it has a lot of room for growth and i think that i think that if igarashi wants to move forward and say you know what I'm going to make, you know, I'm going to make a sequel to to Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. I would totally be 110% on board. I would not want any, I, I honestly don't want him thinking about anything else other than making a sequel to this because I know that whatever sequel he does create is going to be created based on any of the shortcomings that people have vocalized 
or things that they have realized. And they're going to make a masterpiece by the next time they come out the gate. So that's what I'm thinking. Uh, in, uh, in short, you know, because it's still my birthday, um, which is pretty weird because for my birthday, I just, I mean, I'm, I'm really not, again, I'm not doing anything. I'm not, you know, I'm not looking to do much, but just sit here and entertain the masses, which is a beautiful thing. So, um, yeah, but let me ask you this. If it was your birthday, right? If today was your birthday, what are, what are three titles, any console that you could have a new entry appear in a store today? Fully stocked, no matter where you go, you can pick up a copy. Just, but you control the dynamics of a new entry in any series, any game. What would you do? My three were simple. My three were really simple. If I, being my birthday, if I could make three birthday wishes, three wishes for my birthday as far as games that I could say they could be on the shelf today, I do these three. So my first game would be Silent Hill. It would just be a new Silent Hill title. But not just a new Silent Hill title. I would actually have it to where Kojima would finish Silent Hills. I'd have that game get re, you know, just get reprogrammed, get that on the board and get it done. And I would actually have that released like today because I would just be so on board with finding out what Kojima had planned for us as fans of a franchise that he was going to take it to the next level. Like we all knew that with the PT uh, trailer, uh, PT uh, teaser. We all knew that. We knew that this was going to be like next level horror. I mean, Guillermo del Toro, you know, was helping write the story. And Norman Reedus was the was the main uh, protagonist. Like, dude, please, like if I could wish a title today, it would be that Silent Hills for sure. Uh, my next title, if I could wish uh, another title into stores it would be a title that not a lot of people know about but i definitely think people should recognize and i think that the, i think it's a title that deserves to have lived a longer lifespan and that is kingdoms of amalur 2 um the first game was released by 38 studios uh kurt schilling uh made the studio uh they used the money up and basically the well ran dry and the game didn't sell enough to cover, you know, the expenditures. So, you know, it's really an unfortunate situation because I really like what they did. Like the the actual game that they released was worth every dime that I spent. And I think that anybody who has a chance to play Kingdoms of Amalur should absolutely take that chance. Like go out and get you a copy and just have a ball because it's a game where you're just going to be like I didn't realize this came out and this is probably going to go down as a one of the better RPGs I've ever played um what's really cool though is that they're they've recently announced that they're gonna um they're gonna do a, 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 a remake you know as they do with so many other games but the reason that this is su such a surprise as far as uh them remastering it is because 
it was going to take a long time for them. To, well, it, you know, like when you when you have people who own a particular franchise and then things start to go on sale and, you know, you don't know who has hands on what it, it everything just kind of takes time. And, you, you know, it really just boils down to who finally has their hands on 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 a project that they can actually do something and make it come to fruition. And I don't know exactly who is at the helm of the remaster, but I do know it's happening. I do know that it's on the way. I do know that they're going to make a massive collector's edition that's going to be super amazing. And I am just, I am ecstatic. It's coming out for the PS4 and the Xbox One. Um, and again, I, I think this is just something that people just need to experience. And if people took the time to experience that, I think it would be really cool if Kingdom of Amalur 2 came on my birthday. Um, my next uh, my next wish game, it would be, uh, you know, now this is actually a funny one because I've only played a, a little bit of one title in the entire franchise. But I feel like I need to do this franchise some justice and I would wish that they released a Mass Effect 4K trilogy um, on the current generation of consoles because I wouldn't want to wait for it. So PS4 and Xbox, they should get a 4K trilogy of Mass Effect, uh, the Mass Effect trilogy. And that would give me the ability to go and actually give those games a little bit of love because that's a series that I know I should have played. I didn't play any of it because um, by the time I learned about what Mass Effect was and how popular it had become, I um, I had actually only played uh, the sequel, the second one. And I only played a little bit of that and then I never played three and then I heard everybody was up in arms about three and it just became this whole big this whole hoorah about nothing so i just really didn't even try to like pretend that i was i was interested um i did get andromeda because i thought that andromeda was going to be like the calling card that you know that they were back and they were going to do a game that was going to be worth everybody's time and i'm not going to say that i was underwhelmed with andromeda i actually had fun i really didn't find that many problems with it um but I definitely believe that if, you know, being my birthday, they could release this trilogy that people would be like, yo, this is definitely going to rewrite the way that we view we view this um, franchise. Because I think I think a lot of people's thoughts are that EA can't, you know, revitalize the franchise. And when they do decide to make a new one, there's going to be a lot of doubts because of how, you know, underwhelming uh, Andromeda was for a lot of people. So. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I would I would give a 4K trilogy and sell it all for one hefty chunk of money and, you know, get people to play it and be happy and move on. And then we'll see what happens on the PS5 and the Xbox uh, Series X. So, yeah, that's my wishes. So those are my three wishes for my birthday. Um, and, yeah, I mean, that would make me happy. I'm happy now. And, again, happy that you guys are here. So that's always cool. Um in closing, I want to talk about what the future is for more than a podcast. So, uh, you know, one year behind me, you know, most people would say, James, what the heck are you going to do? What are you going to do in the next year? Well, really, I don't know. But I got <laughs> I got some aspirations and some dreams. Uh, a part of what I want to do and, you know, I've been slowly working on it. Uh, I've been working with uh, uh, really closely with an artist friend of mine who does all of my um 
all of my icons and, and artistic endeavors. And she's really good at it. And I've actually been in talks with her to help me um, get some art together so that I can begin doing animation. Um, because, and nothing, nothing like super serious. Like I'm not talking animation, like, you know, like Disney quality or something, but you know, I'm, what my thoughts are is that I, I want to attempt to transition this show to YouTube because I, I realize a lot of people like to watch a lot of stuff. And even if they're not watching it, even if it's, even if it was just a static screen, um, you know, like that's where a lot of people go to, uh, you know, experience their, their mediums of entertainment. So I was, I'm thinking long and hard about how I want to put my foot in on the YouTube front. And once I uh, have all those cards in place, then I'll make those moves and you guys will definitely be along for the ride. So that is one thing. Uh, the other thing is, and, and this is really crazy because I know that I've said before, because um, again, if you, if you've been here uh, in the beginning, then, you know, like, you know, when my show started, you know, I had co-host, uh, you know, when, uh, you know, I had co-hosts come in, come out, this, that, and the other. And, you know, it was honestly, that was a very distressing uh, point of, of having the podcast because, you know, the one thing that I've always wanted to do is just give you guys the best that I can and the most consistent effort that I can. And, and I felt like with people coming in and out, it wasn't consistent. So I felt like I was letting you guys down. But I think I want to make another effort to make this a more of a um, more of a roundtable discussion, because as much as I enjoy having a dialogue where I can just share my thoughts, I really want to hear people, you know, um, speak out in turn, you know, and it was really cool when there were co-hosts and I think it would be really cool if co-hosts were here again. So I'm possibly going to be looking into um, getting some co-hosts for the show. Um, I don't know if it'll be just a duo thing or a trio or really a full round table, but I'm going to work on getting something together possibly um, where again, I can make it, more of a functional conversation as opposed to just a dialogue but i mean it, it could go that way or it could not go that way we'll see i'm not really sure it's just a thought um and yeah i mean that seems to be the only things that i really have um in mind as far as the future of more than a podcast um the most important thing being the youtube endeavor because i really do feel like that's going to um give you guys more of an experience that you may enjoy. I, I get a lot of people who do listen through, um, you know, iTunes and Spotify and uh, a lot of the different other audio mediums. But man, like I know when I'm looking at stuff and I'm listening to stuff, I'm usually doing it through YouTube. So, <laughs> so let, you know, I figure, okay, let me get on board and let me actually make this easy for everybody. Like I would want it easy for myself. So, yeah. <sighs> that was a mouthful, but yeah, I think that wraps up my birthday episode, my anniversary episode. Congratulations to more than a podcast uh, for this awesome year. It was really, really cool. And again, I thank you guys so, so much for being here. 
only can get better. And, you know, I am just looking forward to just continuing to do what I really enjoy to do. And that's be here with you guys, um, giving you guys more of the greatness. So um, with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and close out. This is James. This is more than a podcast anniversary edition. And I want you guys to do me that favor. Stay safe. Stay yourselves. Stay passionate. Stay awesome. And I'll see you guys next time. Bye, guys.